The opinions voiced in this show or program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. Lindsay Wealth Management LLC is a registered investment advisor. Darwin Lindsay is your host of Financial Questions, Real Answers. Darwin is a certified financial planner practitioner and has a Master of Science in Financial Services. Good morning. Welcome to Financial Questions, Real Answers. This is your host, Darwin Lindsay, certified financial planner with Lindsay Wealth Management. Today is Friday, July 28, 2023. If you do have a question or topic that you would like to hear on the show, we would love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. You follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. We will be more than happy to get uh, your question or topic on the show. Well, about the only thing hotter than these temperatures might be the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Um, Trying, you know, to constantly go up here as it has been um we're going to spend a little bit of time here in this first session because we have gotten a lot of questions here in the last week regarding the markets and we want to make sure that we do address those uh in completely as possible to try to make sure that everyone understands what is happening with the market because that's the number one question that we get is what is happening and the the Dow Jones Industrial Average has been overbought for 14 trading days. That's that's not days. That's trading days, which is almost three weeks. That's basically unheard of. The last three times that it did this, 1929, 1970, uh, and 1987, all those three ended up badly. Uh, just, just to point that out, that doesn't mean that it will or it won't, but that those were the last times that we had anything close to these kind of, uh, kind of things that happened with the Dow Jones Industrial Average. The reason the Dow Jones Industrial Average has a little bit of advantage there again, it only has 30 stocks in there. Uh, the S&P 500 has 500, it's actually about 525 depending on the, on the day because some of the companies like, uh, Alphabet have two different uh, share classes, so that that's why it is a little bit higher than there. However, yesterday we did hit a 52-week high with the S&P 500. Now, with that being said, there's a whole bunch that people need to sort of understand that is taking place here and is a really good reminder. And we're going to make a case for the bulls, and we're going to make a case for the bears. The bulls would be going up. The bears would be going down. At this point in time, what appears to be happening is we are very close, if if we are not already there, uh, towards making um, a a weekly high, a a daily high, a weekly high, and probably a monthly high in in the uh, S&P 500. The 0.78, which is a a higher Fibonacci range, it's essentially there. It's actually a little bit above that. People are like, well, when are you going to turn bullish? I mean, when's everyone going to do this? Well, unfortunately, that's what everyone's tried to do here. And this is why everyone's piled into this market and they keep piling into it. And when you do that, things like this happen. And that's why we always say on this show, we do not make predictions. We will tell you, and we've said it time and time again, the market's in a position to do this. It's in a position. Well, it was in a position three weeks ago to be at a high, but guess what? It wasn't. 
uh, it's still in a position to be at a high, but we haven't got the confirmation that's happened there. We need to close below 4534 is what we need on the S&P 500 to confirm that a daily high, more than likely a weekly high, a weekly high was due last week. The weekly high usually gets within plus or minus one week of when that would be, which would be this week, usually at the latest. We also had a Fed meeting. The Fed raised 0.25 points. Uh, was 99.9% sure that's what they were going to do, at least according to the futures. That's exactly what they did. He definitely left it open for more rate hikes later on this year. Uh, so with that being said, usually the market turns within one to two days of the Fed meeting. That's just been what has commonly happened here. It doesn't mean that it's going to take place, but that's where we are on the short-term basis. Now, let's start to look at the longer term and, and what's going on here. I'm, I'm going to make the case for for the the bulls here right out of the gate. Um, this is not my base case scenario, but this is the great part about it. You don't have to believe me on this. And, and the good part is this is why you shouldn't speculate from everything that I'm about to tell you here. But I think it's really good information, and it's a very good learning exercise and why people really do need to pay attention to some of these things that are going on here with the market. The easiest way to say this is this. What should take place doesn't mean that it is, but the most probable thing to happen here is that we are finishing up off of the March 13th lows, and it looks pretty clear here that it's a five-wave pattern up. With that being said, we still need to get the confirmation. We seem to be in the fifth wave of the fifth wave currently right now, and are trying to make that top. Again, the close below 4534 uh, is, is, what, is what is needed to take place, or a close below last week's low, which is 4536 on a weekly basis. Either one of those should put it in a position where that is. And I would say it's going to be a monthly high. And here's the reason for that. More than likely what is going to take place at that point in time is you would expect it to go down a 50% retracement off of that off of that wave uh, up from the the, the March the, um, low that we had there. If that is the case, uh, then you start to come into all sorts of parameters that you need to be well aware of uh, on the charting because this is going to be a big deal. But really, a lot of these numbers are right in there at 41.56. Uh, it happens to be one of the numbers. Uh, another one of the numbers out there to look at is, let's see if I can get this exact here for you. Uh, it, it's right in that range. That's where it is. And if you're trying to get this here for you, they're all about the same numbers. That's why I'm not giving them to you. 4167 it's all right in that range so it's within 10 points so more than likely what we're going to have if, if this is the bull case again for the market i would expect an 8 to 10% decline in the market that's what i would expect this is the bull case yes you heard me right the bull case is an 8 to 10% decline in the market if that happens then what should take place is at that point in time that would put it somewhere between 42.12 and 41.20. They're all right in there. If that holds, 
then you can make the case that that was a wave three, not as I have it. That's This is not my base case, but this is how I would, would set this up if I was going to be a bull. That that was the end of a wave three, that this is an impulsive wave off the off of the March low. What happened from January down down to October in 2022, that was three waves, not five, three. And so it was a correction. We have... Uh, we had this that's taken place here that's an impulsive wave uh, off of the bottom. And so what should happen from there is there should be a correction. The normal correction off of that's the 50% retracement, which we just gave you those, giving you some of those numbers. And, again, we don't know the exact top, so I can't give it exact yet because we haven't got that confirmed. But it's close enough that it's going to be somewhere right in that range is currently where it's going to be. If that does take place, then what should happen is it should rally, and it would go to new all-time highs from there. And that's what you would be looking for is something that would continue to go ahead and rally from there in the bull's case. And so you would have to sort of be, uh, you know, possibly looking at all the way up to 52 to 5,400. That's the bull's case. Now, let me give you the bear's case. I think this one, at least right now, is more probable. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. That this is all a correction off of the October low. We're right into the, the, the position that it should go ahead and say, okay, the correction's over, and we start the downward trend. The downward trend, again, would be you would start to look at it from that standpoint. Does it hold those levels that I just gave you for the bulls? Does it hold the 4156? Because if it does go ahead and it continues and it breaks down uh, th- through these kind of levels, then at that point in time, you have to be sitting here looking at yourself going, well, if this was supposed to be going to new all-time highs and, and on a weekly basis uh, it closed below uh, right in there, 41.64, 41.36, and it closes down below there, then you have an overlap. If that happens, then more than likely you're going to new lows. So either way, whether you're looking at the bear case or you're looking at the bull case, what I'd tell you right off the top of the bat is I think you're looking at 8 to 10% down here in the next few months. Uh, that would be the most probable thing to happen in this scenario. We're completely overbought on the S&P 500. Uh, it's, it's maxed out, completely maxed out, never seen it this maxed out, uh, at least in my my time doing it as it has been with the uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average right now. So that's what we're looking at is – I believe we're going to have an 8 to 10% downturn here on the S&P 500. With that being said, that's why it's very critical to understand those numbers and understand what it means. Some people get caught up, well, it just went a point below. Well, you're looking for closes. You're looking for long term. Again, no one's trying to time a thing at the top or bottom, or at least I hope you're not. But if you are looking at these things, there's some levels there that you should be made well aware of. By looking at those momentums, timing, some other things that we look at along with the price, then you can come up with where it probably is and more than likely by the wave count that starts to come down here, we we can say is it three waves or is it five waves? Because the three waves would be a correction. Five waves would be an impulsive wave down. That is telling you that we're starting a wave three down, and the wave three down would be extremely vicious. Um, Not saying, again, that that's going to happen, but the most probable here is is an 8 to 10% pullback, and that's the base case that we currently do have on the S&P 500. Based on momentum, timing, price uh, that we are currently looking at, 
uh, and that's why you need to be aware of some of these things uh, that's going on at this, uh, not to mention pattern as well. Uh, we do need to go to a short break. As always, if you do have a question or topic you would like to hear on the show, we would love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. You follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywell.com. Financial questions, real answer right back after this short break. Welcome back to Financial Questions, Real Answers. Um, this is your host, Darwin Lindsay, Certified Financial Planner. If you do have a question or topic you would like to hear on the show, we would love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, send us a message at uh, info at lindsaywealth.com. We'll be more than happy to get your question or topic on the show. Now, before the break, we were talking again, and let me go over this with the S&P 500. It's in a probable position that it's going to lose 8 to 10% of its value uh, and, and move back down into the 4,100 level. That's the bear and the bull case, either one. The big question is whether that catches or not. If it holds there, could see a, a, a nice rally off of that, probably to all-time highs. If it goes below there... I would expect to be going to new lows. So you're sort of still in a little bit of a quagmire on exactly what is going to happen here. Uh, starting to go through some of these other markets. Uh, the other markets are telling you stuff, too, and that's why you got to pay attention. Uh, again, with the uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average absolutely maxed out. I've never seen anything like this on a daily basis. Uh, the weekly is overbought, so we should be looking for a weekly high at any point in time here too, uh, soon. The Russell 2000, the Russell 2000 is actually trying to make on a daily is trying to make a, a reversal to the upside is currently where it is on a weekly basis. Completely overbought, uh, has been overbought now for four weeks, which should mean a high is there or at least very near uh, on the Russell as well. Looking at the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ on a daily basis is trying to uh, come out of oversold. The weekly, the weekly is mixed. It actually could have another two to three weeks on the upside here. That's at least the pattern or the momentum position that it's in. The pattern position would sort of suggest uh, maybe getting very near a high here. Um, so, and, and it's mixed. With all the other markets looking like they're all overbought, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the NASDAQ is as well. Uh, looking at the 30-year thirty year, um, 30 -year bond, treasury bonds, uh, momentum is actually swinging upward. Uh, weekly is approaching overbought. Should continue to go down. Again, they're going to lose value on these bonds because they keep raising the interest rates. So don't be surprised if you do keep seeing this this kind of effect uh, taking place. Uh, switching over to gold. Gold is in a position uh, to go up here. Again, still looking for the 1995 to uh, about 2020. That's That would be the expectations of where gold will go before it falls down to about 1850. It has actually been right on track with most of this, uh, trying to move back down into that area. It probably has another week or two to go up is the, where the position that gold is in. Silver on a daily basis looks to be trying to make an upward. Uh, probably got a week or two in itself of trying to go higher. Uh, big thing there is just see if it does make a higher high on that weekly uh, from a couple weeks ago, which was a close, was 25.74. So just keep that in mind. See if it does or doesn't make a new high there. I, I would expect that it won't. Uh, but that's why you want to keep your eye on that. 
the dollar seems to be going in a downward trend, which um, you actually would expect at this point in time. The weekly is probably going to be down for another week or two. The euro's exact opposite. It is in the oversold position, trying to make its move way out on a daily basis. The weekly is moving out of overbought. Uh, so it should be moving down. Uh, there's a little conflict there. Uh, we'll see if that writes itself. Uh, Bitcoin uh, has been moving downward. The daily is still downward. The weekly appears it's going to be down for another two to three weeks. The biggest number there to hold right now is essentially 28,000. It's a little below that, but that's good enough for uh, for people that are trying to pay attention and pay, play the crazy crypto game that, in my opinion, is uh, just a Ponzi scheme. Uh, oil is trying to move out of overbought. It has moved up quite a bit uh, here lately. It actually got above uh, $80. Um, again, $82 is the one that we're really looking out for to see if it holds that. It should make a downturn and be down. It's overbought right now. If that does happen, then I would look for the, the place to pick that up as if it is... Uh, $72, $73, that would be the ideal position. It's a five waves up. This That would be a completed correction, which is going to take some time to get to. Probably going to take four or five weeks at least. You may be looking at the beginning of September before that that would be. Then I would expect oil just continue to climb higher. You're already seeing it in the gasoline prices around town. Uh, one of the things that's happened, and the Fed should be very concerned about this. I've talked about it on this show, but I'm going to reiterate it again. Commodity prices continue to go up. Notice what I'm talking about. I'm talking about gold going up, silver going up, oil going up. I mean, it doesn't matter what you look at. I mean, if you look at copper, it looks like it's in a position to go up. Commodities have been up 8% since the last Fed meeting as a whole. If you're looking at commodities index, it's up 8% since the last Fed meeting. Jerome Powell, again, I mean, he is, he's got to be nervous as can be because commodity is something that can be turned into something else, which is basically an input for anything else that you are using one way or shape or form. If all the commodities, or at least the majority of the commodities, seem to be moving higher, that is going to put a lot of pressure on inflation. This means possibly more rate hikes in the future. That's why you got to be paying close attention to this. The other thing that I will talk about, which I hadn't uh, hadn't yet here, was the yield curve inversion that happened last week. That was the largest that's ever happened in history. So the longer that you see this, it usually is a sign that there is trouble brewing, which would be called a recession, at some point down the road. Again, I'll give you the exact time frame. At some point down the road. No one knows exactly when that would take place. When you will start to know this is when it starts actually getting closer and closer back together. That's when it happens. The widening here of the spread curve, it just continued and is getting wider. That that should make you nervous in and of itself. But when it starts contracting back the other way, that is usually when the recession is starting to take place. So that's what you need to understand if you're paying attention to bond yields and exactly what's happening here with the U.S. Treasuries. And that's why on the front end of the curve, uh, if you are looking at U.S. Treasuries at this point in time, see if I can get those pulled up here real quick for you, and, and seeing the, the difference that it is making um, on the payouts because it's just – 
it, it should have you shaking your head when when you have a uh, a three month at five point four four percent, a two year at four point nine, and a ten year at three point nine percent. So you could tell me you can get five point four percent for three months, but if you put your your money in there for for a long time, it's only going to be worth three point nine for ten years. Uh, it's just crazy uh, at this point in time. The thirty years at four, straight four right now. Um, you can't you you cannot ignore what is happening there in the bond market. Again, it's two and a half times the size of the equity market. Pay close attention. Watch the yield curves because it is going to be something that is going to uh, at least guide you in the right direction, and you need to be well aware of that. Uh, let's look at soybeans at this point in time. This continuous contract uh, should be topping out here any point in time uh, and, and, and going down uh, would be the estimate that should be happening with soybeans. The the weekly it has not made a new weekly high. It still would have to close above 1568, hovering right there around 1546 on the continuous contract with soybeans. Um, on the weekly, though, the weekly's mixed and actually acts like it could go up. So this this will be interesting to see what happens here with, with soybeans. Uh, corn is approaching overbought right now. Continuous contract. It's mixed too. Hard to say. They're both running in the same same position. Looking at December uh, corn at on a weekly is at five forty eight. Should be moving up for a couple more weeks. The daily is overbought and should be going down. So that's what we at least have uh, ha- happening there. Uh, natural gas the daily is mixed it probably is going to continue to come down here for another two to three days the weekly is probably going to move down for another two to three weeks after that happens it's probably going to move up more than likely it's going to move to uh monthly new highs again it's just another commodity there that we're just showing you that if all these commodities are going up uh expect expect some more pain to happen down the road because they could just keep raising interest rates to try to make sure that they get this inflation under control. They'll keep saying they're data dependent, but they're data dependent. They understand what's happening here, too, and the commodities drive a lot of this uh, that is taking place here with the market. We do need to go to a short break. As always, if you do have a question or topic that you would like to hear on the show, we'd love to hear from you, 812-316-2079. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. Financial Questions, Real Answer, right back after this short break. Welcome back to Financial Questions, Real Answers. This is your host, Darwin Lindsay, Certified Financial Planner. If you do have a question or topic you would like to share on the show, we'd love to hear from you, 812-316-2079. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. One of the things that did come out uh, yesterday was we did have the advance, which would be the first reading of the second quarter GDP I uh, was expected to be 2.0%. It was actually 2.4%, so that would be considered positive. Um, again, you have to have two negative quarters to even be in a position uh, to say that you are in a recession. Uh, keep putting this out. The the one thing that I, w- again, want to reiterate one more time, and I've talked about it on this show plenty, but want to make sure, 
this so-called soft landing that gets brought up, that somehow the Fed's just doing phenomenal and they've threaded the needle and everything is going to be perfect here, that just doesn't happen. The only time, again, that you can even consider it possibly happening was ninety four, ninety five, And if you have paid any attention to the financial markets, most people would shake their heads and say, what financial crisis happened in 94, 95? Because there wasn't one. This, this is my point. The, the notion of a soft landing, there shouldn't be one. I mean, that's like magic out there. I mean, people just want it to happen. The, the odds of a hard landing every single time, the, the odds are in the hard landing court because that's what happens every single time. So I don't think that they're somehow magically going to do this. But it reminds me again, Greenspan, Alan Greenspan, former Fed chair, was in there, uh, talked about in 2006 how, he, uh, hold on, uh, I might have the wrong one there. It might have been Bernanke. Uh, but I think, I think it was Greenspan. Uh, Bernanke might have been in there, but Greenspan was speaking. And he said, well, you know, we've never had a downturn in housing. Housing's not going to downturn. And you can ask him what happened two years later when it went down about 40%. It's just they're playing a game, and you have to understand the game that they're playing. And, and the more that you do that rather than listen to the talking heads on television, the better off that you're going to be. 